And it's like dispelling that whole myth that like people with disability can't be romantic Mm. or sexual. Welcome back to Reframe, the podcast about disability in media. It's episode six of Reframe now, and I'm very excited to say I've got my two amazing co-hosts with me today. I have Robin Lambert and I have Stephanie Dower. So welcome back. I'm very excited to get stuck into some things with the two of you and analyse disability representation in mainstream media. Yeah, we're back. Very excited. (laughs) Very, very good. What have you guys been up to, Robin? I feel like you've got some pretty exciting news to share with everyone. Yeah, pretty hectic. (laughs) Um, Not long ago, got back from the Paralympic Games, which was an absolute whirlwind. Um, And just, yeah, back into training because we've got another big year next year with um, Commonwealth Games and World Championships. But Paralympics was awesome. It was really great, actually, to see the the coverage around that being so great uh, this year, very in-depth and I think um, a lot more balanced conversation focusing on the the sport, not so much uh, people's personal stories of disability. So it was great. It's always so horrible, like in previous years when that has happened so much. Um, And I feel like, you know, it probably still happened a little bit this year, but not as much. And for other people with disability, I think, like for me, when I watch it, I'm like, why is this relevant? Why do we need to know why and what and how? It's like, just let this person compete and do what they're amazing at. I think (sighs) this year we had some more also like, um, I guess, profiles of like bigger personalities. Mm. You know, like Mm. you always some of the Olympians going over, but this year I feel like more people knew some of the Paralympians going over as well. It's great to see like Woolworths showcasing and and Big W, I think. I think think it really helped that a lot of the commentary team as well were like ex-athletes and people with disabilities. Yeah, exactly. Like Coach was there the whole time. It's great. Great. So good. And do you feel like the community is kind of getting a bit more around it as well in Australia? Definitely. I think sort of just viewing it as elite sport as well and like the achievements as being like elite sporting achievements rather than just like a fun time for people with disabilities to get yeah. out there. Like, um, yeah, look at them over there. Yeah, so I think I think that's great. And, again, I think it really helped that we had, like, some really top-level athletes commentating and just explaining the whole situation and how it all worked. Um, so I think, yeah, generally the public's really getting behind it, which is awesome. Also, some of those sports are, like, so cutthroat. Yeah. I'm like, what was I watching? Honestly. It was, it was like – no, it wasn't basketball. It was like rugby or something. Goal, and like they're literally like on the ground and like they're throwing their entire bodies at this <laughs> ball. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like this is insane, but so right. cool. Like, yeah. yeah. What about you, <laughs> Jason? Up to anything special? Yeah. So I um have obviously my own company, my um I guess marketing and media company, which is kind of <laughs> tripled in size, I think, since the start of Reframed, which is amazing. Um, and I'm really, really happy about that, but just maybe needing a little bit more sleep. And <laughs> other than that, I've been working as well a little bit behind the camera. Um, so a while ago, I did a shoot for Jam the Label, which was really awesome. Um, and then more recently, I was involved in a video for Melbourne Fashion Week that was more in front of the camera, but it was around disability inclusion in fashion. Um, and if you haven't seen that already, go onto that Insta and give it a little, yeah, and share it because it's actually really, really amazing. And 
what they did really well is they learnt from their previous years where myself and other models of disability had been there um, and they've sort of tried now instead of just popping us on a couple of runways to actually be more inclusive throughout the whole event and actually become advocates themselves, I guess, or allies. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're using their platform, I guess, to uplift um, disabled voices in the fashion industry, which is amazing. So anyway, that's me. I need to shut up because I'm talking way too much, but I was just really happy about it. And what about you, Steph? 2021 has been a very crazy but productive year. Um, We finally uh, wrapped up a year-long development program that we've been doing on a feature film um, called Seeing Scout. I think I might have mentioned that a couple of times in the last, last season. Uh, but it, we're getting some really good buzz around it. We're getting a lot of um, really great people interested in working on the project, which is a uh, romance drama feature film. And we're looking to go into production next year because we also were granted at the end of this Girl development lab that we did, we were granted the $25,000 production grant. <laughs> so that was like, oh, my God, people are actually like, believe in this project enough to you know to give us that and it's um yeah it was a really great confidence boost and just showed that yeah like people beyond myself and my co-writer and director Tanya uh you know championing this project so that was that was really exciting so um that was that and then the other I guess big accomplishment I had this year was I produced a short film that premiered at the Brisbane International Film Festival last month so that was called sunshine and that was um produced with taste creative and bus stop films so it was a really fun experience working with them um really great to to have that full producer credit and um it was it was obviously very inclusive set given the work that both of those companies do so uh yeah that was that was really exciting and very full-on for a while but really um, got to got to test out a few of my skills because I was producer, editor, and then at the last minute became first assistant director as well. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, uh, you know, a little bit of juggling, but, you know, yeah. it's, it's fine. Uh, so, yeah, that was, a, that was a fun experience. So, yeah, 2021. Oh, my well, God. <laughs> Congratulations. It's been Thank massive, you. hasn't it? It has been, yeah. It's it's nice when, you know, when you do things for so long and, um, yeah, you start to feel like things are paying off and people are taking notice, which is great. So, yeah, yeah. Absolutely nailing it. I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited for all of us. Look at us go. Nailing it. <laughs> Hashtag nailing it. Uh, <laughs> if we do say so, i <laughs> Very humbly, yes. <laughs> Love it. Well, it's been lovely to catch up on that. But let's get stuck straight into our piece of media for today, which for those who haven't already seen on our socials, it is sex education, which is mm-hmm. obviously a very cool one to be doing right now. Young and hip, <laughs> which is exciting. Yeah. Steph, did you want to just give us a quick overview of sex education for anyone who hasn't seen it? Absolutely, yeah. Sex education is a British comedy drama series that is streaming on Netflix with season three having dropped just uh, a couple months ago. Uh, The show centres around an eclectic, very eclectic, group of students and teachers at Mordell High School and 
they're all very much exploring and experimenting with the many different aspects of sex and how it impacts each of their lives and talking about, you know, how education plays a role in that and all this kind of stuff. So it's um, honestly much better sex education than <laughs> I remember getting so if you if you're if you have any questions i would say go and watch this show so (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i love that description so much literally like the book that um the mum writes i've forgotten her name for some Uh, reason but i'm like i want that book (laughs) and you should give that book to like everyone i know (laughs) right yeah um and i love that the you know like the kids are sort of confused or curious and experimenting in their own way but the adults in the film, in the show, are as well. Not like, much better. Is, they're not, yeah, in fact, they're doing things much worse. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, um, I'm really excited to talk about this because I people have been telling me to watch this show for, like, the last couple of years. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And then finally, this year, I only just finished streaming it, like, a couple of weeks ago. And I'm yeah, I I really enjoyed it. The characters are great. It's um really quite well written. So I was exactly the same. Everyone kept telling me to watch it, and it became one of those things where I was like, I kind of don't want to watch this now. So many people have told me to, and then we picked it for this, and I was like, I've got to watch it. And now I'm obsessed. So I'm good. Like, mad that only the last re- recent season came out like two months ago and I have to wait probably like a whole year for or, or longer for another season. <laughs> At least we know season four Happening. is coming. Yes. That's the main thing. <laughs> yes. So we know that we love the show, but how did we feel about the disability representation? So I guess do we want to quickly uh, mention yeah. what the disability representation actually is? Probably a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Because people might watch season one and be like, what are you talking about? There's not much going on. Uh, But in season two, there is a character introduced called Isaac. And he is, his disability itself is not really, there's no diagnosis or anything, but he uses a wheelchair. Um, So that is, and he lives in the trailer park with one of the lead characters, Maeve. And um, yeah, tension arises from there. (laughs) Yeah, it does. So, Robin, what did you think, I guess? Positive, negatives, all the things about the Um, One of the things that I really enjoyed, like I said, this diagnosis is not mentioned, which is, I think, pretty cool just in its its own right. Like That's not the the main part of his character or his narrative in the show. But I think it was one of the first times I saw um, a character in a show that appears to be quadriplegic and, and um, is played by an actor with a disability, the same disability, um, and you know visually has the body of a of a, um, a quadriplegic or someone with a disability affecting all four limbs. I think often it's quite easy to fit um, you know a character in a wheelchair into into a show, but it's very often sort of like a paraplegic, and everything else works works and looks normal, uh, quote unquote yes. normal. Um, so yeah. I thought that was that was really awesome. And then again, like we mentioned, just the aspect of romance and and navigating relationships and sex as a young person, and then as a young person with a disability, and some of the the challenges or the things that might come up because of that. I thought that was handled um, pretty well as well. So um, there's one scene that comes to my mind that is one of the one of the best scenes I've ever seen, particularly talking about like disability and romance and that kind of thing. 
and it was it got me going. I was like, this is this is great, and I'm not going to do it justice talking about it here. So please go and watch it. I think it's in season three. Please go and watch it. But it's where Maeve, who is the the girl in the in the show that Isaac is interested in, and Maeve has feelings for him. And there's one moment you can sort of see she's like thinking about something. And Isaac is like, you want to know what I can and can't feel, right? And she's like, yes. And it's this really simple, intimate moment where he's like, put your hand on my chest. And she does. And, like, she slowly rises her hand up his chest until he's like, there you are. And it's so simple and so sweet and so intimate. But it's just, I thought it was so well done. I really love that scene. I think that's it, like, when other shows and, and movies and things have tried to tackle this, it's been, it's still been very, it's appearing very medical, like when mm. they explore that and it's like almost, yeah, just sort of clinical where this was like, just like a true intimate moment of how, you know, if you actually cared and loved about someone, that's how that would go down. Like there's going to be curiosity. You're going to have to figure things out together. Um, but it can still be this like really tender moment, which is lovely. And it's like, dispelling that whole myth that like people with disability can't be romantic or sexual because obviously we know that they can but a lot of non-disabled people probably I just feel too awkward to ask or like just are so unsure so like I totally agree Steph they tackled it in such a simple but like powerful and educational way and there's so much power in just seeing it on the screen because you're right like so many people that don't have that first experience of disability they just are either too too afraid to ask questions or feel too awkward and and there's so much you know so many mis misassumptions out there that people with disability can't do certain things and just seeing it on screen hopefully dispels some of those myths being like oh it is a possibility oh it can happen oh that's yeah right so I yeah I thought that was great yeah, one thing I maybe would comment on that I don't think I loved is, and correct me if you disagree and also if I'm wrong, but I feel like in season two, like 95% of the time, the only places that we see Isaac are like in his own caravan. And I was like, not sure if they've done an amazing job at like dispelling the whole, I guess, myth around the fact that people with disability can't get out and about and they only stay at home all the time. Yeah. That is one thing that that is like my biggest um, bugbear with the portrayal of Isaac mm-hmm. is we don't know anything about his life outside of he lives with his brother in a trailer park and he's interested in Maeve. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of his whole character. Yeah. We don't know how old he is because if he is like a high school, he's not at high school because <laughs> he doesn't go to school with the rest of them. Um, he doesn't appear to have a job. He's always at home unless he's out with Maeve. Like, we don't I, – so I would love to see his character be built yeah. out more, uh, you know, beyond just the, the sexual, um, you know, relationship with But with I guess um, just – I totally agree with that. But just on the other hand, like, a lot of the characters that you see in the trailer park, you only see – in the trailer park yeah um so yeah. i didn't know if it was sort of more of like a thing on like class and like you know where these people might be at in their lives you know mm-hmm. they're spending a lot of time True. at the park i think um, yeah. yeah i agree yeah well so i guess it, you know we have to see where they yeah. take him in season four like because i i think season three like he tr- they tried to make him more of like one of the kids yeah. like one yeah. of the other kids on the show and it's like okay cool but 
if he is one of the kids, let's let's make him more than yeah. just this one thing. Like, why yeah. is he not at the school? Yeah. Like, I just, yeah. just I, there was a moment where I thought they were going to start like integrating him into the school. Mm. Mm, and me then too. It actually, didn't yeah. happen, and I was like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> one one moment I really did love that had nothing to do with the sex on the show, it was just real, was Maeve um, took Isaac to a party at Otis's house. Mm. And to get to Otis's house, it's down these rocky stairs. <laughs> and how many times do we see in film and TV this person in a wheelchair come to this house that appears to only have stairs and then magically they're inside. They just don't show it. They're like, they oh, they're on it. the way to the house and now they're inside. Exactly. <laughs> and now they're inside. It's like, okay, how... How does that work? But, um, you know, on sex education, Isaac is at the top of the stairs and he looks at me and he's like, how did you think this was going to work? And she's like, I just didn't think. And that is that was so yeah. real. And uh, then he had to be carried by a group of strong men, which I often have to be, into yeah. into the house. And I was like, oh, my God, that's my life right there. It was so cool. I know. It was like a very real moment, but it was also <laughs> I was like, as soon as Maeve, as soon as he was like inviting himself to the party, I was yeah. like, "You have no idea. You're not going to be able to get inside." Like Where I was already thinking about already it. Already stressed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, because we always have to think yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it. Yeah, I, I love that he wasn't. He he had the confidence to invite himself. He wasn't afraid of like, what if I rock up somewhere and there's going to be stairs? Which I always, you know, I think we all do that. We're like, can we actually get in there? But he was just like, no, I'm going, and you know. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, yeah. And I really love that they didn't, like, fall into those, like, classic stereotypes of, like, oh, victim. Mm. Oh, let's overly mm. medicalise everything to do with this person. Or, like, oh, he's a saint because, yeah. like, clearly yes, he's not. Nope. Like, he's on some pretty bad shit <laughs> throughout the series already. And, like, he's so sarcastic and very assertive with certain people and... I love when people, I love when people ask, like, what happened? Why are you in a wheelchair? And he just has the most ridiculous stories, like the most. (laughs) Yeah, so good. (laughs) Yeah, if we can build it out a little bit more to give him more of a a life. Like, I think his personality is, like, great. And the, the sexual relationship with Maeve, that's also great. Um, but yeah, give him give him a bit more of a life outside of that, and I think we'll have some like a a plus representation. I think in there. the previous episodes we talked a lot about depth and in characters and and it not just being the disability or this one thing. And I think he's halfway there, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be really exciting to see how they can flesh him out a little bit more. Yeah, he's like he's got the depth in personality and like character, but it's like when they, they just need to develop like. Narrative. <laughs> almost like the character on paper yeah. stuff. Like, does he go to school? Yeah. Who is exactly. he? Like, yeah. Where does he come from? All that kind of stuff. I will also play devil's advocate here in, again, we have a young man with physical disability on the screen with an able-bodied woman. When when are we going to get a female or non-binary person with disability with an able-bodied partner? I think... That is, you know, I'm like we're we're right there, but we just haven't crossed that line. Just it's like yet. it's like people have an easier time understanding women like caring for a man and like taking that role, but not so much the other way around. So, and this will be the other thing longer term as well as if Isaac's like 
the disabled character and if it stays quite tokenistic. Like I'd really like to see in season four that they're introducing other people's experiences of disability, even if it's existing characters, but then they just, you know, have some level of diagnosis of something or something might happen throughout their life, whatever it is, but just other experiences of disability I think would be really important. And then sort of ensuring that there's a level of intersectionality in there with that because, like you've said, Mm -hmm. Steph, it's like we've got one character right now. It's a pretty good character. There's a bit to go, like a bit to build up around him, but pretty great character. I'm pretty, like, impressed with it. But he is, like, white, seemingly heterosexual man. So there's still a long way to go. It's like we're, we're willing to go this far. But we're not re- willing to go beyond that. Yeah. As of, yeah. We need the next, we need to take the next step, guys. And, yeah. like, can sort of understand that, like, dipping the toe because there's not a lot to benchmark yeah. off, which is, like, one of the hardest parts and I think why this kind of movement in terms of inclusion and representation in media can often happen so slowly is that people kind of, you know, I guess creators, creatives start, like, dipping their toe into, like, oh, we'll have this narrative or we'll have this character and then they start to, like, gauge the response. Exactly. And generally I think at the moment, like, response to towards Isaac's character has been, like, really good. Hmm. So hopefully they just keep building on it. Yeah, exactly. That's it. If we can introduce or start, you know, you don't want to go straight to the end kind of thing. You want to work your way up to it. And if we can introduce or, you know, broaden the audience's minds up to new characters and new types of um, archetypes. I think mm. that's, you know, that's what we're trying to do. But I think audiences are showing that they are responding well to these to these characters that we have been exposed to. I think now it's time to push it to the next, yeah. the next step. Audiences are ready. Yeah. And on that, I think it's time to give our scores on the inclusive disability representation scale. Robin, what did you give sex education out of five for their portrayal of disability? Yeah, I, I gave it a four because I thought, like I said, personality-wise, um, it was probably one of the more accurate representations. And again, they've given that role to a person with a disability. And so because of that, it seemed very authentic. But like you guys said, it just needs a little bit more fleshing out. We need to know a little bit more about him and you know, to see where that romance goes and, and things like that would be really awesome. Steph? Yeah, I'm exactly the same, four out of five. Like, you know, seeing Isaac in that romantic um, relationship with Maeve and his his personality, like the wit that he has and, and the talents that he does have um, is great. But, yeah, I just want to see him be a bit more of a, you know, find out what he, how he spends all of his time, not just when he's with Maeve for painting or whatever he does. Yeah, like let's build his character a bit more outside of Maeve. Mm-hmm. Let's make him three-dimensional, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. How, how does he exist outside of Maeve? And the trailer park. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. I was a little bit harsh. I was a 3.5 because I like all of that, definitely, and I'm just kind of at a point now where I'm like, I think we can just start introducing more than one disabled character at a time. Like we just, you know, and it was it took them till you know, season three to really represent Isaac in a way that I was properly impressed with. So there's a bit to go and I feel like it might be nice to maybe revisit sex education in, Mm. you know, a couple of seasons time or something and do something similar like this and analyze it again and see, and maybe even like analyze what they've done better or different or Mm -hmm. worse even since season three, because um, I can't see this show, you know, being canned anytime soon. It's, 
becoming quite a cult. Following. It'll be one of those things where it's, the actors are like 30 playing like students. Literally. <laughs> and it's just that like classic UK humour that just yeah. hits and different. It it's great. <laughs> I love yeah. it so much. I yeah. love it. So, yes. Well, that's it, everyone. Um, thank you so much for following along. And obviously, thank you, Robin and Steph, for joining me again on episode six of Reframed. For everyone at home, um, our little schedule of episodes has changed a little bit. We're going to start releasing episodes each week um, with a different special guest and either Steph or Robin will join me on alternating weeks, which will be fantastic. So definitely stay attuned to our social media pages because that's where we will be announcing what we're going to be analysing and who will be joining us as our special guest. Already got some very, very exciting guests lined up and I have a lot more to go and tap on the shoulder and I know that we're just going to continue having these fantastic conversations and that's the whole point is to continue this discussion of representation of people with disability in media, why it's so important and how we can change the perceptions towards disability through media. So if you don't know how to find us on social media already, literally just search Reframed Podcast. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So whatever works best for you there. Otherwise, you can just send us an email to hello at reframedpodcast.com and we'll get your comments and thoughts or inquiries there. We want to know what you think about this podcast, but we want to know what you think about the media um, that we are analysing. And we also want to know if you have any suggestions of what we should be analysing in future episodes or special guests that we should be inviting on because there are so many amazing disabled people out there that are doing some incredible things um, and we want to uplift those voices, highlight what they're doing and continue creating change and building some more influence out there for people with disability in the media space. So that is enough, I think, from me and we will see you again next week. Bye.